Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and this is Friday, the 15th of January, 2021. And I am thrilled and joyful to have my guest today, Ms. Sharon Lecter. I'm thrilled and joyful for you to hear Sharon's story. It is profoundly inspiring to me, and I'm sure it will be to you. Many of you do know Sharon's uh, uh, some of her bio, but I'm going to read it for you because it is uh, very full and very rich. But Sharon is an um, internationally recognized financial literacy expert, 35 years as a CPA, keynote speaker worldwide, a business mentor extraordinaire, New York Times bestseller author. She was the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad and 14 of the other Rich Dad uh books in the series. In 2008, she was asked to join the Napoleon Hill Foundation to help re-energize the teachings of the uh, one and only, again, Napoleon Hill. Her best-selling uh, books through the foundation have been Three Feet from Gold, Outwitting the Devil, Think and Grow Rich for Women, Success, and Something Greater. She now has a, a new book coming out with Michelle Seller Tucker, uh, called Exit Rich. This is Sharon's birthday week, and on Tuesday evening, her friends and family uh, had an amazing party for her online, and I was blessed to be able to listen in to their um, stories about Sharon. Um, I don't share this illustrious uh, bio with you to intimidate you or say, gosh, I'll never be able to accomplish any of that. The success of an individual is in their story. The story leads secrets. And it is so uh, important to hear the whole context of Sharon's story and how this unfolded. And you will see yourself in this story. And as her sister Wanda shared the other evening, that experience is, in, is the best teacher. And so with that, Sharon will share her story. So uh, without further ado, I would like to introduce to you my guest, Sharon Lecter. Hi, Megan. I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Sharon. Honestly, it's my true pleasure to have you with me and to have you share your story with our guests on Unique Leaders Live. And this will become a podcast, but today we're alive. And with that, Sharon, let's go back to the beginning of little Sharon Lecter, the young girl. And where did you grow up? And share a little bit about you and your family. Well, thanks, Megan. Well, I start, my father was in the Navy. Um, he retired when I was eight. And, we were, and, and when he retired, we moved to Florida. So most of my memories are from growing up in Florida. We lived in a very small house between my mother's beauty shop and my dad's car lot. And he, um, you know, we had real estate properties that had to go scrub out toilets and we had orange groves. I swore I never wanted to be an entrepreneur because I lived in it. And um, I was the first generation, my sister and I, to go to college. That was my parents' dream. The day I graduated from college was one of the few times I ever saw my father emotional. And I got my degree in accounting, one of the very first women in public accounting in Atlanta when I started my career there. I thought I was pretty hot stuff and working all kinds of hours. And about the ripe old age of 25, I woke up one day and said, gosh, I'm working really long hours for mm -hmm. someone else. Mm -hmm. Maybe my parents were a lot smarter than I thought they were. Mm 
mm-hmm. and they 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 were building assets. And as an entrepreneur, that's what you do. You build a business and you create something that can become an economic engine for you. So I left public accounting at 25 and it was um, the decision to leave. But I still remember the mantra that I use in my life is called why not? Mm-hmm. I had a client offer me to leave and come with him in a new endeavor. And I still remember sitting with the old yellow legal pad, pros and cons, and I could mm-hmm. argue either side. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't help me a bit. But my hand kind of took off and wrote across the top, why not? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, why not do something different? Mm-hmm. Why not take the road less traveled? Why not mm-hmm. solve a problem? Why not serve a need? And so that's really still today. 40 plus years later, the, my personal mantra, why not do something that other people are not doing? And that's the foundation of what I have experienced, you know, with you personally, is that encouragement of that why not, you know, because as you shared there, you had this secure job, this corporate job, and you kind of a, a knee-jerk reaction to how you were brought up with an entrepreneurial uh, parent, uh, uh, you said, I'm going to have that foundation. But you then came to that realization of why not to step out there on your own. I want to share one little anecdote as you were speaking that your sister shared mm-hmm. about that you were thir- uh, 30 days early. Is that yes, what, is yes, that true? Yes, yes. yes. And so here, Miss Sharon has always been, why not? And forging on and pushing out there. And I thought it was lovely when she shared about how uh, your father wanted to call you Audrey. Mm-hmm. Yes. After well, his. So he was at sea. So yes. my mother named me Sharon before he landed. So it was, uh, he was, you know, I, he missed the boat on calling me Audrey. <laughs> so here is Sharon. Lecter. So now you're at uh, the uh, juncture that you're joining this firm. And um, wh- how did that evolve? Well, when I got out of college, I had several offers to go with one of the big eight firms. And that was really exciting. It was wonderful. I was one of the first women in public accounting. But when I had the client invite me, it mm-hmm. was really, um, the, it was the why not? why not? Why not do it? Why not strike out on my own? Why not own a piece of the rock? Mm-hmm. And so it ended up being the worst business decision of my life, even till today, because I got up there and I found all kinds of corruption and it was like scared mm-hmm. me to death. So I mm-hmm. ran away for a couple of weeks trying to figure out, oh, my gosh, now what? I've made a terrible mistake. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, the company had been in bankruptcy. We were helping get it out of bankruptcy. But along with that, it was in some some litigation. And there was a young attorney in my office. So I came in and he introduced himself and it was love at first sight. Michael Lecter, and it was the, we've just celebrated 40 years of marriage. So as Napoleon Hill said, out of every adversity comes a seed of an equal or greater benefit. I got instant feedback. My worst business decision gave me my best life decision. So sometimes you have to make a mistake to find the next path. Yeah, absolutely. And it is in that, as again, as Wanda said, you know, experience and you learn through that and evolve. So with the um, decision to go to that firm, but then the negativity, what was your next step after that from a career path? Well, I met Mike on January 11th, 1980. We were married on September 14th, 1980. So my next path was to recreate what I wanted to do and um, I moved to Washington, D.C., which was his home in Maryland, living mm-hmm. in Maryland. 
And so I started my career there and um, we have three children and I had my own practice. I was working with the Acacia Mutual Life Insurance Company as a tax director there. And then um, again, that was back into like an employee role, but I still had my own tax practice. I was going to get my master's of tax. So I was always busy, just, you know, mm -hmm. crazy. Children and life, yes. And um, then my husband came home one day and said, how about moving to Wisconsin? Now he had taken the Florida bar, which is where I grew up. So I was expecting we were going to move to Florida. So I had to get out the map and say, honey, we need a geography lesson. Wisconsin is in the wrong direction. Right. Really? But, but he had a great offer. So we moved to Wisconsin and then I actually was able to start my practice there again and working and helping people with their, with their trusts and their financial tax planning. But then I met the inventor of the first talking book. And so I was really um, frustrated because my own children, they didn't like to read. Mm -hmm. And so I met the inventor. In fact, we met because we were both on the American Cancer Society board and he had been in the sheet music business for 20 years. And mm -hmm. I, I joined firm with him and helped him grow this around the world. But we had this technology and we didn't know parents could, would trust us because back then kids, this was 1987. Mm -hmm. Kids didn't have electronics. Mm -hmm. And so we aligned with Disney, Warner Brothers, Sesame Street, Marvel Comics. And my husband, who's an intellectual property attorney, mm -hmm. was very part involved in us helping to build that strategy. But that allowed us to explode in a positive way around the world. Um, we went from 1 million to 9 million to 23 right. to on our way to 52 million in sales when we sold the company. And wow. so I learned a lot about mm -hmm. publishing, about manufacturing, about doing business internationally. And it was, oh my gosh, priceless. And we wrote really big royalty checks to Disney, Warner Brothers and Sesame Street and Marvel Comics because they were lending their brand mm -hmm. in exchange for payment. And mm -hmm. I said, next time I build a company, I want to build a company that other people want to align with mm -hmm. so that we get paid royalty, not mm -hmm. pay it. Right. And so we moved to Arizona at that point. And our oldest son was going off to college in 1992. And he left in September. He came home in December, said, Mom, Dad, I'm in credit card debt. <laughs> we didn't even know he had a credit card. Mm -hmm. He got to school, to college, and free t-shirt, free money, free pizza, free money, a gauntlet of tables. And so he had a really good time his exactly. first semester in college. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the bill started rolling in. Mm -hmm. So he came to tell us, and we haven't always made the right parenting decisions, but we did not bail yeah. him out. We made him figure it out. We made him repair his credit. And today he's as passionate as I am about financial literacy. But that was December of 1992, and that's when I dedicated the rest of my career to financial literacy, financial education, helping people take control of their financial lives. Mm -hmm. Because it, at about that time, I realized the depth of knowledge that I had from living in the home that I did, understanding assets, mm -hmm. understanding liabilities, understanding creating economic engines called assets that very few people understood it. Very much so. And so I said, well, I started working with school systems, mm -hmm. hence the white hair, trying to get them to bring financial education. You fast forward a few years, and I got the call from my husband. He said, Sharon, I met a guy today that has what you've been looking for. 
It's always, ladies, what would you do if your husband called you and said, I met a man today that has what you believe? <laughs> right. Right. I still remember where I was. I'm going, okay, honey, tell me more. Mm -hmm. And it was um, Robert Kiyosaki had gone in to see him. He was, you know, top floor, corner office, um, a partner of a big law firm. And Robert goes in and flip-flops and a Hawaiian shirt with this idea of her board game rolled up under his arm. And Michael recognized the philosophy as the same as mine. And so I met Robert at the first beta test for the board game cash flow. I was the only one who got out of the rat race, but I loved the message. I loved the way he was teaching it. And so I volunteered just as a friend to help him commercialize the game cash flow. And during that process, he told me he wanted to charge $200 for the board game. And this is back in 1996. Right. Ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's a little pricey. Maybe mm -hmm. you should write a brochure that explains the philosophy that can help sell them on investing that kind of money on a board game. Mm -hmm. And he asked me at that point in time to be his partner. And together we wrote that brochure. Most people mm -hmm. don't know that that brochure was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. Right. The initial, the brochure was the was rich dad. We never expected to be a book company. Mm -hmm. And so people wanted more. And we ended up, well, we'll do a trilogy. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant, mm -hmm. Rich Dad's um, Guide to Investing. Did those three. They all went to the New York Times list and said people wanted more. So over our 10-year relationship in the business, we wrote mm -hmm. 15 books together. And then I also launched another series called Rich Dad Advisors of con you know, experts in their fields talking about law or taxes or corporations. Now, are those, excuse me, are those still available today? Yes, in various forms. Yeah, in various and forms. So it's, um, you know, Michael had two books in the series, Other People's Money and Protecting mm -hmm. Your Number One Asset. And those both have now been, we've now republished them mm -hmm. again under our own okay. moniker. But um, it's it, it was a... It was incredible to see the explosion of the company. And this was before Amazon. This mm -hmm. was before the internet. And so it truly was a viral marketing um, yes. success from people just telling each other, telling other people about the value they were receiving. And so during the 10 years we worked together, we had, we were in over 100, 110 countries, over 50 languages. And we had the books, we had the games, we had audio com combination products, we had infomercial products that we did mm -hmm. with Time Life. Mm -hmm. And this is the time when I was able to really build the brand mm -hmm. that other people wanted to come to us. So we had Warner Books come to us. We wanted to do the infomercial. Time Life came to us. And they used their money, their people, their resources, their time, yes. their systems to propel our message around the world. And so at the height of our success, we probably had 5,000 people working for us around the world, but wow. only 16 to 17 people on my payroll because I was licensing to companies mm -hmm. who were the best at what they did. So I was CEO to CEO, and then he had to deal with his people. So <laughs> it was a perfect formula. And again, all of a sudden we were getting the royalty checks. So it was a beautiful um symbol. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping people today yes. all my mentoring clients understand the concept of building the value in your business, the value and importance of developing intellectual property, protecting it, and then leveraging it. And it's so important for people because too many people today own a job. Mm -hmm. 
They think they own a business, but it revolves around them. They own a job. Mm-hmm. And I want to help share with them how to step out of that job, create the systems, bring in other people, delegate, and have that economic engine called a business that's an asset. My favorite word on earth, asset. Right? Assets, you know, every wealthy individual in the world, Megan, no matter what language they speak, no matter where they live, they have one thing in common. They have assets. Mm-hmm. They all have income producing assets. Mm-hmm. And you're financially free when the income from your assets exceeds your expenses. It doesn't have to be millions of dollars. So today you hear the term um, income producing, different income producing streams. Now, do you feel, Sharon, that people do or do not understand with those streams what you're saying is to have, um, you know, partnering, like you said, with um, companies that sent you the royalty checks, do even though they're creating these streams, do they, are they thinking that way of partnering and having that uh, income-producing stream um well, there's a myriad of ways, um, Megan, myriad of ways to have multiple streams of income. And for instance, when I write a new book, the one we're mm-hmm. going to talk about today, Exit Rich, well, it's coming out as a hard copy book. It's coming out as an e-book. We'll be doing the audio book. And so we have streams of income, various streams of income from one piece of intellectual property. Now, when we start translating this into different languages, we will do a license agreement with, a public, say, a publisher in Japan. They want to publish this information in Japanese. They're going to pay us for the right to do that. And so then they'll take it, they'll use their people, they'll translate it, they'll print it, they'll sell it, they'll distribute it. And then as people are buying the books, they'll pay us the royalty. Mm -hmm. So that's the licensing side of the business. So you can have multiple, for instance, when I'm helping um, people with businesses, rather than just speaking, okay, Mm -hmm. speaking is a revenue stream. But let's have something you sell from stage or you offer from stage that can be even free that then goes into a product like a book or an mm-hmm. online course. Each one of those can generate a different revenue stream. And would you say that so many of uh, because of the pandemic and peop- the world changing and people uh, not able to do, like you said, speaking from stage, they're doing all of these um, summits and courses and, and not so much courses, but the summits and speaking, is it more difficult, Sharon, right now from that platform to monetize that and have things? Well, it's actually probably easier if you've earned the right, you know, part of the, there's so much noise on mm-hmm. the market today. There's so much noise online. So many people are now trying to sell online that it gets really noisy. And so I, I'm speaking to the consumer now, not the business owner. As a consumer, we have to do our due diligence. We have to say, okay, Joe is selling me this package on how to sell. Has he been a successful salesperson? Mm. All right. Sometimes we get these shiny objects and they mm. have a really slick sales pitch. And we, we were just eager to throw our money at them. And then we regret it because there's no content. And so it's inherently responsible. We need to be responsible for mm-hmm. what we're investing in and make sure that we are investing in, in the knowledge from someone who's been there, done that, and can has le- legitimately earned the right to teach us how. Yes, which truly you are. And that is why I highly suggest to everyone 
who may or may not have been introduced to Sharon to follow uh, she, but also read your book. So from the rich dad um, dynamic, what evolved then? Well, we were partners for 10 years and we had a height of our success. And I was like, uncomfortable because he wanted to go into franchising. It was a model that was great for us financially, but it was not good for the franchisees. And I made the decision to step away at the height of our success. People thought I was absolutely crazy. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I couldn't stay there anymore because it was no longer consistent with who I was. And sometimes you have to stand in your own truth and stand in, in the light. And I, so I made the decision to leave and it was amicable for a while, but then we ended up you know, having to get into litigation, but we settled in 2008. But in that process, a few months after, I got a phone call from President Bush asking me on the be on the first President's Advisory Council for Financial Literacy. I served both President Bush and President Obama. I didn't, I wouldn't have had that phone call mm -hmm. had I still been at Rich Dad. And so my, my, I share this story with you because sometimes you have to close one door for other doors of opportunity to open. And so I challenge each of you watching and listening, is there a door in your life you need to close to make room for new opportunities? Because a few months after that phone call is when I got the phone call from Don Green, the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And we know what was happening to the economy in 2008, nine, and he asked for my help in reinvigorating the teachings of Napoleon Hill. Oh my gosh, what an honor. Yeah. Now I have just built the largest personal finance brand. And then I'm being asked to step on the world's largest personal development brand. Oh my gosh. Really? Amazing. Yeah. And so I was able to do three feet from gold with my first book then Outwitting the Devil, Thinking Grow Rich for Women, Success is Something Greater. And I've got a couple of others that I'm working on right now. But it's such an incredible relationship. You know, Don Green is just the epitome of a Southern gentleman yes. and become such a dear, dear friend. And it's just been so fulfilling for me to be able to support that messaging of Napoleon Hill during a time when we really need it. Now, I was introduced to, and I, I'm sorry to say, I was not aware of, I had heard of Napoleon Hill, but had never read, um, you know, Think and Grow Rich. But in 2017, I had the blessing of going to a conference here in Austin where you, uh, you know, spoke and uh, conducted uh, and introduced, I should say, Think and Grow Rich for Women. And it truly changed my life, Sharon. Mm -hmm. uh, I bought your books, your tapes, and the tapes. And um, to this moment, I've been listening to Napoleon um, every day uh, during some point of the day. And um, I mean that I just a little bit often I wake up with, uh, you know, uh, Napoleon. So do you feel today with the uh, climate of the world, do you feel that the uh, teachings that you, I mean, and again, I've read everything from Three Feet from Gold many times and <laughs> Outwitting the Devil. Oh, my goodness gracious. And certainly, you know, very uh, um, important, a very important piece right now. But what, speak just a little bit to, um, you know, I've heard people say, oh, well, he, you know, that writing was so long ago about the application and importance of it today. Well, 
Thinkinger is timeless mm -hmm. because back in 2008, Andrew Carnegie, the richest man in the world at the time, charged a very young reporter, Napoleon Hill, with the, he says, I'm going to introduce you to the wealthiest men in the world because at that time, women were not in business. Mm -hmm. And I want, I think we have common traits. So I want you to spend the next 20 years, imagine anybody saying yes to this, without pay to find what those common elements are. And Napoleon Hill said yes. And he spent 25 years interviewing all the wealthiest people in the world. And it's like a doctoral thesis on mm -hmm. success. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so, still so as relevant today as when he released it in 1937, because it's not one man's philosophy. It is the common traits of successful, hugely successful people. And I still read it every year. And I tell mm -hmm. people, you know, they go, why are you reading every year? It's because the book doesn't change, but I do. And so where I am today, I will find something in the book that I don't remember ever being there before because mm -hmm. it's what I need to see today. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, a, it's an incredible gift. And he was a prolific writer. So there's lots of other books as well. But you mentioned Outwitting the Devil. When he released Think and Grow Rich in 1937, he was frustrated because he said, even though people know what they're supposed to do, they don't do it. I don't know if anybody feels busted right now, but, and so he added a last chapter called Six Ghosts of Fear for Think and Grow Rich, but he was still frustrated. So he sat down and wrote an entire new manuscript called Outwitting the Devil. Well, his wife taught at the Presbyterian College, and so she was scared to death, and she forbid it to be published, and it got locked in a vault for 72 years. And when, the month we released Three Feet from Gold, Don Green called me and said, Sharon, I have this manuscript. I'm not quite sure what to do with it. So he sent it to me. And it was like I was communing with Napoleon Hill himself because it was on a manual typewriter. He had handwritten notes in the margins. And I, it was life-changing for me. And I said, this has to get out. And, you know, he says right in the book, you can decide if you think I'm talking to the real devil or the man-made devil. The question is, will you derive any benefit from what I share? Mm -hmm. And he shares so much about how fear paralyzes us and it prevents us from having the life we deserve. It's such a, on every level, it's a powerful, powerful book. I have it at my, by my bed. And I pick it up and read it, pieces of it all the time. But, you know, he is also so transparent about himself, about his own challenges and his own, uh, I mean, he was vigilant in um, wanting to help others. And uh, he wanted to make money. He really did. But he was also vigilant on wanting to help others. And he was so amazingly transparent. And it is so... I think in, uh, every human being on the planet should read this right now because well, it's going like gangbusters this year because I know. Oh my gosh, page 61 of the book, it says the fear of poverty and the fear of death are his favorite tools. And at some point during the, the world, he's going to bring man to his knees by combining the fear of poverty and the fear of death. Well, hello, 2020 mm -hmm. with the pandemic Mm -hmm. And you add fear of isolation and you've got the trifecta. So it's something, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. It gives me goosebumps when I go back and look at that. And I, you know, I, I don't know where I, I mean, I've heard you say this 
many times, several times, but that when Don Green gave you the manuscript and you went to San Diego or to the ocean, and I could, I, I'm very visual, and I just visualize you there by yourself reading this with the ocean just coming in, and he, like you said, speaking to you. Uh, it's, you know, that's amazing how God works and how things happen in one's life. And like you said, if you had not left um, Rich Dad with the, at the pinnacle of success, then, um, it, you know, it's like a vacuum. You would not have been open to being to receive that. And I, I really believe that that's one of the most powerful things in your story, because you had the courage and your husband to to step away and to allow God to work and to use you and to continue on. Yeah, I, I really, when I left, I was, um, you know, I really thought my legacy was Rich Dad, having written 15 books. It's like giving birth 15 times. And I thought that Rich Dad was my legacy, but I couldn't stay there any longer. And somebody upstairs said, oh, no, no, there's more for you to do. And that's, you know, that's the biggest thing. And um, for people watching and listening, particularly this year, things mm -hmm. stop us in our tracks. It can be a financial setback, can be a divorce, a death, an illness, but you're still here. You're, you're still here for a reason. And what you've survived and what you've been through can help others going through the same thing. And so it's so important to make the decision that's right for you. You might not know what the future holds, but if it holds the right message for you today, mm -hmm. make the decision that's right for you. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things you say often, there are two things that always resonate with me, and you've said one of them already, but solve a problem, serve a need. And it does not matter to me whether you are in business, if you are a, a, a mom, uh, you know, being at home with kids, it matters not. It's solve a problem, serve a need, meaning it's about the uh, getting out of your own way, as I say, and helping others. Why don't you just expound on that a little bit? Well, certainly. If you think about some of today's greatest and most successful companies were started during the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. Also, some of today's most successful companies were started during 2008 and nine. Mm -hmm. And so when there's a recession like this, all the problems come to the surface. And you can sit back and kind of be overtaken by the wave, by the problems, or you can say, okay, what can I do about it? What problem can I solve? What need can I serve? And when you do that, you take it outside of yourself and it's a matter of contribution. And so when you're out there solving a problem or serving a need, you're helping others and you're getting paid for it. But your focus is not on the payment. Your focus is on the contribution. And yes. that's what I want people to hear. Absolutely. That contribution. And the other is uh, being number one in your field, uh, creating maximum impact and living your legacy. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, you know, you read a bio like yours and you say, well, hello, but we all are creating. And I love that third, live your legacy. Mm -hmm. Don't wait till, you know what, when you're not here be continually active. And that's one of the things I heard in your birthday um, uh, love and comments was that you're not going to stop. You're going to continue on and, and share everything that you have received and learned and share it with others. To me, that is one of the most uh, 
not as profound as too strong. I mean, too gooey. <laughs> you are, you are the real deal. You are such a sincere person wanting to share what you've accomplished, what you've done, break it down into small manageable parts and share it with others to help them be the best possible them. Well, thank you very much. Well, I'm not quite sure what the alternative was. I would, you know, sitting on the sofa doesn't quite work for no, me. No, of course. And it was, you know, and it was actually that you talk about my dad, my household. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad was a military man. And, but he would ask me each night, Sharon, have you added value to someone's world today mm -hmm. and somebody's life? And that's, he's been gone for 15 years. Um, and I still ask myself that every night. And I can't imagine not being of contribution, not helping others. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to imagine it. And I think, you know, the world would be a lot better place if people concentrated on, on making, adding value to other people's lives. Right. Just in a small way, whatever that might be. And so you, um, now and evolving into this new book as exit rich. Um, and so is this under the Napoleon Hill foundation or is this independent? No, this is this is with Inc. Magazine. Actually, I'm very excited about it. It is um, my co-author is Michelle Seiler Tucker, and she is a mergers and acquisitions expert and a the top female business broker in the country. And it's about building that asset, not owning a job, but own a business. Mm -hmm. And it's not about just selling your business. It's about taking your successful business and making it scalable and sustainable. So that one day you can sell it or one day you can bequeath it to your family and it keeps living on. Mm -hmm. Having that asset, it creates that economic engine and the elements that you need to do to build that valuation. You can't build a house without going down first. Yeah. So we go strictly into every aspect of the business on how you can create that stability and strength. And that strength allows you to exponentially scale through business systems. As you know, uh, Sharon, and I just recently sold my uh, spa business and I have been reading. I purchased the book, have it on, um, you know, an ebook at this point, and I've been reading it and I come to so many places saying, golly, I a, I wish I had met you years ago. I mean, I'm talking about years ago. And, and then B is the points of the book, like the six P's mm -hmm. um, that are so powerful, but simple, but simple. And that I really do believe that people make life much more difficult than it needs to be. As I said a minute ago, break things down into small manageable parts, but why don't you go through the six P's for our guests? Certainly. Well, it's like you have a, a car that's got six cylinders. Mm -hmm. You need to have all six cylinders working or the car is not as efficient as it needs to be. And sometimes it won't even start. And so the six P's of a business really starts with, you know, your, pay, your, your people. Who do you have on your team? Do you have the right people running the business? All right. Not just you, but the right people supporting you, the right mentor, the right people supporting you through other companies, right? And then mm -hmm. the second one is your product. What is your service? Is it a product, actual tangible product or a service? Understanding the value, understanding why it's important. And then the processes, the business systems, that's how you scale those processes that allow you to keep that business functioning and selling 
24 seven, mm -hmm. not just when you're available. Mm -hmm. And then proprietary, which means your unique advantage, right? How are you different from everyone else? What's your intellectual property? Let's identify it, let's protect it and leverage it. Mm -hmm. But each one of these aspects are things that you can describe and build. And every time you do that, you're increasing the valuation of your company. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then your patrons, your customers, all right? How do you identify and value those customers? Your database is one of your greatest assets, all right? How do you nurture them? How do you create that relationship? Do you serve or do you sell? Mm -hmm. When you sell, it's a one-time transaction. You have to go out and find another customer. But do you create a relationship with your clientele so that they are lifetime customers? And so those first five are so important. And the sixth one, profit, is what people look at, yes. right? But that profit can be secured and grow if you take care of the first five piece. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, the I was uh, watching another interview that you did this week with Ken Walls, and it was interesting to um, watch him, I mean, physically watch him as you were going through that, and how he said he had this epiphany, aha moment, when you were speaking about intellectual property. And I said to myself, this is, I mean, because as you know, I've had tangible things. Mm -hmm. uh, and but he ha creates these intangibles, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But he's you know beginning to sell some of these things. But I uh, his face was amazing to watch. And then uh, I think he, and then he said, "Oh my gosh, Sharon, I, this is the first time I've thought about that." Mm -hmm. But then he also shared that he has created multiple businesses. I yes. found that interesting too. Meaning, so how many people are out there sitting listening to us right now? whether it's right now or, you know, future listening that will glean that uh, same aha moment. Yes. You ladies are going to help so many. Well, it's so important because we're so passionate about it. We want to help people. And there's all kinds of bonuses for people who want to pre-order the book because the book is actually going to be released in April, but because of COVID, mm -hmm. we, we had it ready last year. So we're making it available to people watching us right now through a special website, exitrichbook.com forward slash buy, so that we will ship you the book at the end of, of January, but we mm -hmm. will actually give you immediate access to the electronic version, which is what Megan is talking about mm -hmm. that she has, mm -hmm. so that you can have access to the information now, and then you'll still get the hard copy well in advance of the rest of the world. So this is a sneak preview, a sneak pre-release edition opportunity. If you go to exitrichbook.com, exitrichbook.com forward slash buy. And I do believe uh, Elizabeth is putting that in the text right now in the comments. Okay. Yes. And Steve Forbes wrote the... Um, Yes, the, my friend Steve Forbes, yes, he says, yes. so many business owners end up leaving equity on the table. This book is a goldmine for entrepreneurs. It really is. It really is because it is so full, uh, and not just the six Ps, but again, you share many success stories, but also many challenges. But what is your quote about, uh, and Napoleon's, and you said it earlier, but just repeat it for our guests about the, um, you know, Success, success coming through the greater or right. Well, you know, adversity. Adversity. Or, I'm sorry. I meant, yeah. Um, yes. 
it creates a seed of an equal or greater benefit. Benefit. And so in this book, when you think, is a $25 investment worth it if it's going to help you 10x the value of your company? Probably. Yes, yes, I would say so. As I said, if I had had uh, some of this information, because I did start these businesses um, over the years, just um, getting, like you said, I was the uh, employee in the business you know, and uh, working these businesses and not, you know, a lot of the, you know, the six P's absolutely are foundation to my businesses, but I didn't have that bigger vision, you know, and you get so caught up in that daily pushing it. Yes. Well, and so many people are so busy working in their business, but I'm saying. they don't have time to work on their business. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so this book helps you focus on how to work on your business in small bites, but mm-hmm. with big results. Mm-hmm. You shared a story about a person um, having, and I, because I've heard this from other people and then it never pans out that they were about to sell their business and they thought it evaluated at X, but then they didn't have a lot of the details done. And uh, the uh, people came in to evaluate it and kept breaking it down and breaking it down and seeing that it wasn't the value that they thought it was. How can you really work on that? It's important to be prepared. And so this what that this is what the book does for you because what happens is many times entrepreneurs they think their business is worth 5 million dollars but it's really not worth anything because they are the business. Mm-hmm. In addition, when you decide that you do want to sell your business and you put it together, you want to look professional. So you go through the process that we have in the book, Exit Rich, and you establish the lookbook, you establish the found, the systems, the documentation of your processes, um, your employment agreements, make sure all the agreements are all together. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody is interested in buying your company, their, their due diligence team is going to come in and they go, wow, they've got their act together. And all of a sudden you're going to get your asking price and maybe even more because you're coming across professional, mm-hmm. you're coming across prepared, organized, and you've added value to your business because you've done all of that. Mm-hmm. So folks, um, I'm sure the information is in the uh, text as well as comments. <clears throat> and uh, as Sharon said, it's one of the, if you have a business or thinking of doing a business, because that's another thing is preparing from the beginning. The thing is if you're an investor, this oh. book is a great guide. Yeah. If yeah. you're looking at investing in a company, this is your guide mm-hmm. to say, is this company worth investing in? Yes. So if regardless, like you're just sharing, regardless of what uh, uh, structure you're in, it is a must to uh, purchase. So do it. I really, I've just so enjoyed it. And it's, it's, I think you were sharing, it's not um, a casual read or an easy read, but it's not a taxing read. Uh, it's such a full uh, yeah, it's not it's not a parable. It's not a funny story. We have a lot of stories as examples throughout the book, mm-hmm. and it is in sections, so you can read a small section at a time yes. and apply the knowledge. Yeah. But it is much more like a textbook. It's not it's not a pleasure read. It is truly seriously how can we add value to your business? Because mm-hmm. we're serious about you having the, the highest value possible. Yes, and that I can uh, personally say that that is your heart to help one succeed and break and, and not go into the pitfalls and foibles that are so out there to do 
for sure. Thank you, Megan. Yes. So Sharon, I end this every time we do Unique Leaders Live. So I'm not going to let you off the hook, my dear. Um, and it is, I end it with three feet from gold. Because again, everyone has a story. And the Unique Leaders is about them. It's all about them and their story. And so I ended by asking them, have they ever read Three Feet from Gold? And most people have. Um, and if they haven't, that's okay. And I share it with them, you know, a little bit, as I'm going to share right now with our guests, that it is a, a book about, um, I mean, it is a story, but it, but it starts with this gentleman who was um, in the turn of the century in the gold rush days and went uh, from the East Coast out and bought a, a vein and ch chiseled away to find his gold. And the townies were watching him and he gave up and sold it for very little money. And then the a person who bought it chiseled away and three feet, he struck gold. Mm -hmm. But in this book, one of the most important pieces of this is your success formula. Mm -hmm. And I then share, which I'm going to now, it is your passion plus talent times association times action plus faith equals success. Now I say to people, you don't have to tell me all of those points, but what is your passion and what is your talent? So Ms. Sharon Lecter, what is your passion and what is your talent? Well, my passion actually came from anger. Most people think about passion, do what you love, love what you do. Well, my passion comes from anger that started in December of 1992 when my son got into credit card debt. My passion comes from anger that we don't teach our children about money. And therefore, young people, adults, don't understand the power of money. They don't understand assets and liabilities. They don't understand how to create financial independence. Mm -hmm. So that passion is as strong today as it was in December of 1992. And my talent, just by the fact I lived in an entrepreneurial house, I studied accounting. So I had the opportunity to be mm -hmm. in the world of public accounting where I saw a lot of businesses on how they did things right and probably more on how they did things wrong. Mm -hmm. And then I had this incredible opportunity to start and build a woman's magazine. So I learned a lot about pub publishing and printing mm -hmm. and then the electronic book. So I learned all kinds of things about international business and licensing with Disney Warner Brothers and then have the opportunity to build Rich Dad. Mm -hmm. So my talent includes um, not just the personal finance side, but how to build a strong, sustainable and scalable business. Mm -hmm. And that I was being able to take that accounting background, that publishing experience, that business building experience and do what I love today. Yes. And that is mentor and help people build their businesses into stronger economic engines, assets that become mm -hmm. economic engines that take care of them for the rest of their life mm -hmm. or create something they can sell. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. That's all I have to say. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank very you, much. Megan. And I, I just invite everybody to reach out to me. You can go to personalsuccessequation.com and get a handout that I created, a download related to the personal success equation. Um, and it is also a, you know, reach out to me, email me, info at Sharon Lecter, or you can find me on um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, 
uh, I'm happy to be support anyone. So you're so available, Sharon, and that is truly what I respect and respond. Uh, truly, uh, you are like people have said, you're not going to stop and give back. So truly, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for being my friend, and my mentor, and also to be you know be here today to share with uh, whomever is watching today and will be watching a, a bit uh, of your brilliance. And as Sharon said, go reach out. She is there. So And thank you, Megan. I'm very proud for you and I'm very proud of you. And I'm just going to end it with everybody watching and listening. When you, you know, thank you for paying attention, but take action. Mm -hmm. Why not create the next best chapter of your life? Amen. Amen. So just stay in the green room for a second, Sharon. I'll be right back. Thank you so much. So I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Sharon is uh, just truly a treasure and the information that she has shared today, I hope gives you the, the impetus to reach out, not only to she personally, but to reach out and uh, purchase several, uh, you know, and all of her books. They are truly worth reading and spending time with Sharon and her information. If you uh, would be so kind to go to YouTube where this is playing, to subscribe to the Megan Martino page. Uh, we have to reach a certain place where YouTube uh, recognizes us. And this will also be a podcast in all the platforms shortly. And I will see you Monday on Teach, Motivate, and Inspire, and next week for our next Unique Leaders Live. This will be playing also on my Facebook page. So you do go back and uh, watch it again and again and again because there were so many amazing nuggets of information that Sharon shared. And lastly, please share this out. It would truly help others as well as my Facebook page and, and uh, algorithm and all of that that they talk about. So I just ask you to do that if you would. But most importantly, so other people can hear Ms. Sharon Lecter. Have a blessed weekend and we will see you soon. Thank you. Oh,